Hello all and welcome back to NBA Fuel for Thoughts. I'm going to go ahead and start saying this now. Uh, NBA Fuel for Thoughts NFL edition now that the NBA playoffs are starting to come to a close. Uh, Ryan, first of all, how was your week? Not too bad. Pretty easy week. Um, it's already Thursday and the weekend is almost here. So golf time indeed. Here we come. But how was yours? It was all right. I'm actually server training now. So big money coming in. Server training? Yeah, I have to train to be a server. Again? No, I was doing to-go server. Now I'm server server. Okay. Restaurant industry people understand me on that one. Uh, well, we got another packed episode today. Um, I'm honestly going to go ahead and come out and say I wasn't sure how I'd feel about the bubble especially the bubble playoffs without home court advantage, no crowd, but man, has it failed to disappoint. It's been amazing. I, I've always thought that the fans is kind of the reason I watch some of these big games like that I don't care about when it's not my team. Obviously, the playoffs is a little bit different, but I've watched most of the bubble, and it's been pretty impressive. Um, obviously, the virtual fans is cool and whatever. It doesn't add anything, but... The, the games have been competitive. With, uh, I didn't think they would be. So with no home court advantage, do you think that it puts the game on a level playing field? In a way, but um, it makes the regular season kind of... Pointless? Like, yeah. Because there's no, there's no like, reason for a one, point of getting a one seed. Yeah, exactly. Home court advantage. But um, obviously nobody prepared for this, so you get what you can. And it's been, it's been fun. Yeah, the postseason has definitely been an absolute blast to watch. Quick recap. So for the last couple of weeks, it's been kind of exciting. The sporting world has really been booming, and it's been fun to kind of go over what we've missed from the previous week and just how much has changed. So last week, um, for our last episode, the Clippers had just choked a 3-1 lead. That'll never get old to say. I'm sorry. I will never stop saying that. Heat went up 1-0 after a crazy overtime game. I think that was Bam's block. I believe it was. Man, it's been a while. And then, best of all, I love you, Dad, but the Washington football team were undefeated and actually number one in the NFC East the last time we were on air. And that has changed. Well, actually, they might still be number one because they have the tiebreaker because they have a division win. So they still. Yeah, they might actually. They actually are. Okay, well, well, then the last time we were here, they were undefeated. Yeah, okay. Period. That's better. All right, so we got a lot to catch up on from last week. First things first, let's go over the Western Conference Finals, Lakers Nuggets. So last Thursday, um, there was no game in the Western Conference. So it was that Friday night. Uh, Lakers took a 1-0 lead on the Nuggets, 126-114. Jokic and Jamal Murray combined, actually, or not combined, excuse me, each had 21 points apiece. I thought that was kind of cool. But the thing that stuck out to me the most in game one was Jokic took no threes. I believe it's because Anthony Davis is guarding them, and – I think it was an adjustment. First game, you don't know how they're going to play you. You want to get in the post a lot. Um, and that's his game more than the three-pointers. But you like to see him stretch out and at least, especially when you got JaVale or Dwight Howard on, you have to at least make them go out and play you uh, outside of the paint. But AD went off. Yeah. You want to go ahead and read that stat line? I mean, he had 37, 10 rebounds, and LeBron kind of sat back and watched him as he had 15 points, 12 assists. Not bad, but for the – to say, this is my problem, to say that you're upset that you did not win MVP and to go out game one and have KCP outscore you, you can't be that upset. That's all I'm going to say. I just don't think – I mean, that's a good point, but remember, LeBron is a pass-first player. He always has been. 12 assists. If, you're play, if your teammate's scoring 37 points, are you going to try to force shots? I'm not saying he should, but you're the second-best player on the team and you're mad at the fact that – He's he not won- the second-best player on the team. LeBron James is the best player on that team. Depending on you the take night, LeBron off that team. This series, you can't tell You me take that. LeBron off this team, they're not even in the Western Conference Finals. Maybe not. They might have gotten you, lucky for an eight seed. You take AD off the team, they're not in the Western Conference Finals either. I disagree. No. Nah, Western Conference Finals, no. Playoffs, yes. It, honestly, this is, this is a toss-up. LeBron's obviously older. In my opinion, is LeBron better than AD? Yes and no. But in my opinion... LeBron is passing the torch to AD. I think that's what we're seeing. And it's happening this series because LeBron is played. Which is good because it's about time. LeBron has played n- not LeBron way. He's played pretty bad this series. I'm not going to lie. The fourth quarter of game one, or uh, was it game two? Game one, or, game one or game two, he played horrendous. I'm pretty sure he had like three turnovers in the fourth and scored like six points in the whole second half. Um, and from your best player, you can't have that. Well, speaking of our best player... Sunday night, Lakers actually won 105-103. I don't think the Lakers were meant to win this game. 
Crazy buzzer beater from Anthony Davis. They went up 2-0. Jokic had a better game, 30 points, 9 assists. Jamal Murray, 25 points. Obviously, this is not crucial. 44 minutes. He played the most minutes in the entire game. I thought that was kind of a fun fact. Uh, but on the Lakers side of the ball, AD again putting up numbers. 31 points, 9 rebounds. LeBron, 26 points, 11 rebounds. This was odd. He only had four assists. We're talking about LeBron? Yeah. In game two? In game two. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I think it's because of game one. I mean, you have 15 points, 12 assists. And you win, obviously, so it's great. But he doesn't. He didn't seem involved in the first game. Obviously, he. I don't say he forced the issue because it's LeBron, but he he played better in the second game. My thing was Jokic finally showed up in the fourth quarter for the first game in his entire career. Scored the last eleven points for the. He Nuggets. scored the last eleven, and didn't AD score the last ten? I'm pretty sure they both scored. So it was a one-on-one game. The last five minutes of the game, and yet AD with the dagger, probably of the series. I mean. Say that that series goes 1-1. We're looking at a completely different series here. But, I mean, AD from three off an inbounds pass from Rondo. It was designed to go to LeBron. I think the Nuggets were expecting LeBron to get the ball. He kind of got sandwiched. Two defenders got kind of swallowed to LeBron, gave AD an open shot. It did not look like he was even going to hesitate to shoot it. He knew he was getting the ball the whole way. I think people thought that um, LeBron was the decoy, but I'm, I thought AD was supposed to be the decoy. And Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee he popped both, out. both stayed on LeBron. Exactly. Right. And, like, usually on a three, both of them switch out and LeBron gets an easy slip to the basket. Didn't happen. They both stayed on him, and AD gets a wide-open three. Um, I mean, Jokic was the inbound defender, and he was the one that contested the shot. So it just wasn't there in time. Um, but a great shot from AD. And I'm pretty sure Charles Barkley, before, the, before that game, was saying that Anthony Davis doesn't have the clutch gene. Yeah, I swear, Charles, Charles said Portland was going to... S- was going to win the series. I appreciate Charles Barkley talking because he only downs, he really doubts the Lakers and they always prove him wrong. So I'm not complaining there. Fun fact though, the Lakers now move to 3 and 0 in the Mamba jerseys. Yeah, I mean, you can't expect them to lose there. I don't can't. care if they're down 4 with 2 seconds left. They're probably going to sweep a win out of there. Um, but you got to respect it. I mean, I'm pretty sure AD said Kobe uh, after his his game winner, but Game three was the one that I was uh, not excited about, but like you expected, you expected the Nuggets to win, or the series was automatically over. Yeah, game three. Yeah, game three was actually really fun to watch, especially in that fourth quarter. Here's the thing, Jamal. Well, maybe not from a Nuggets fan aspect. Obviously, you're not a fan, but I feel yeah. like you are cheering for the Nuggets. But from not a Lakers fan aspect, that comeback in the fourth quarter was oh, incredible. It was and. They finally, I don't know what it is, but they, they decided to play defense in the fourth. I mean, Rondo Rondo, Rondo played, played out of his Three mind. Three steals in the fourth quarter. And uh, it led a great comeback. Um, but honestly, it was kind of too too far, too late. I mean, they they were well, so I think far they gassed, down. They gassed themselves out, and they couldn't finish out the game. So the Nuggets had a little bit of gas left in their tank compared to the empty tank of the Lakers, and it just and well, Jamal Murray's clutched, clutched up a couple shots. In the last five minutes, he did. I mean, the whole fourth quarter, nobody on the Denver Nuggets team could pass the ball. I mean, they they acted like it's a fourth grade team playing against the eighth grade team, and they're and the eighth grade team is pressing them the whole time. It's like they can't get the ball across half court, and when they do, they can't get it. They can't even get a shot off. It was ridiculous. But like you said, Jamal Murray in the fourth quarter went off um he kind of took over for that team because Jokic here's what I don't understand Jokic is a shell in the fourth quarter of what his usual self is the first three and what I mean by that is he had Rondo on him at free throw line four times in a row and passed it every single time didn't even look to score I saw that one time and there was one play in particular though where Rondo incredible defense that's fine, but if, if you you're seven time, feet but tall, if you're seven feet and two, and knowing Jokic shooting the basketball, his elbow is going to be over Rondo's head in the first place. Rondo won't even be able to touch it, and even if you want to back him down and have a double team, he didn't cause one double team during that four four play stretch. So, what do you think was going through Jokic's head? I think I think it was the whole fourth quarter. It started out as he was he was mainly the one turning the ball over in the fourth quarter. I mean, just awful passes, uh, very passive. And then at that point, it was already in his head that the confidence was shot. Rondo was playing out of his mind, so he's got Rondo on him. He's like, I don't want to have Rondo strip the ball from me, right. so I'm not going to back him down. But you're the best player on your team, quote-unquote. Um, you have to you have to at least take shots in the fourth quarter. I don't care who you are. Yeah, I mean, so basically this whole game was 
insane to me. Um, a couple things. Like I said, the Nuggets were up 20 with 10 minutes left. Lakers went on a 19-2 run. We talked about Rondo's defense. Uh, the Denver Nuggets, some stats for the Nuggets. Jamal Murray finished with 28 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists. My goodness. Crazy stuff. Uh, Jokic finished with 22 points, 10 rebounds. But here, we talked about Jokic. We talked about Jamal Murray. But the reason why the Nuggets won this game is Jeremy Grant. The only player that played the entire fourth quarter well. Um, and it's weird to me that, obviously, uh, out of the players of Murray, Jokic, Porter, Gary Harris, all of those players, you want Jeremy Grant if you're the Lakers shooting the ball. You'll take the odds. I don't care what game it is. You'll take Jeremy Grant shooting the ball every time. They're not losing a game of Jeremy Grant scoring 26 points a game. Not anymore. Well, like I said, he had 26 points, 7 for 11 from the field. And he he didn't only play well offensively, but defensively he was a factor all night. Well, and that's what he's known for is his defense. You you just accept the offense. But here's the thing. I guarantee the Lakers game four will do exactly the same thing and let Jeremy Grant shoot and see if he can beat them again because I don't see it happening. I don't think this is a consistent a fluke from Jeremy Grant. But, I mean, the Lakers are going to take his shooting percentages nine times out of ten. And this just happened to be the one time that he played well. So, Well, on the Lakers side of the ball, here's a couple more stats for us from the Western Conference. Then we're going to move on to the Eastern Conference, which has been pretty overshadowed. But I am looking forward to talking to that about that. Excuse me. AD, 27 points, two rebounds. What? Zero rebounds until the fourth quarter. I don't know what was going on. And it's not like LeBron was getting a lot of rebounds. To LeBron the had 30, 10, and 11. Another Incredible triple double, great performance. The but ten rebound was it ten rebounds? Yeah, ten rebounds. Ten rebounds. Ten rebounds at the point where AD had zero. Danny Green was their leading rebounder. Yeah, I mean the Lakers' big three, obviously not you know all star superstar big three, but their actual big three: Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and Javale McGee combined for four rebounds in Game Three. Right, and if you expect if you don't like if you see AD stat line, you're like, oh, he had two rebounds. You expect. LeBron to be the first guy to have the next rebounds. And then either Dwight or JaVale, I don't care who played more, you expect one of them to have the next. It was Danny Green until LeBron took him over. Ridiculous. The AD, I don't know if he just wasn't in the paint enough or if Jokic was just – I mean, they were – the Nuggets were out. Jokic does have some pretty some pretty wild putbacks. I I don't know how he – I mean, we're talking about – I think it was right before halftime he had that – he wasn't even looking at the basket. He just hit the ball and it went in. And then at the end of game two, for the for the game, what would have been the game winning if AD didn't hit the shot, it was a Jamal oh, Murray yeah, yeah, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he just he tipped it up and it went in somehow. And put him up by yeah. two or was, up by one. It was ridiculous. But um, if you're AD, you have to. I mean, you're seven feet tall. You have to at least have more than five rebounds in a Western Conference Finals, especially if you're playing over thirty minutes. Is rebounding the reason why the Lakers lost this game? Um, possibly because the Nuggets weren't shooting that well. It was just second chance points. I mean, they were out rebounded, but I think 17 when that stat was shown about AD not having a single rebound. Um, and you can't have that. I don't care if you're the best team in the world. You cannot get out rebounded by 17 and expect to win the game. Real quick, what's your thought on Game Four predictions? Who's winning? Um, I think the Lakers will come back uh, and and win another one here, and it'll be three one. And yet. The different Nuggets will attempt, and they'll win game six or uh, five. What game are we on right now? Four? Three. Nuggets Going to game four. Nuggets will win game five, and then they'll be like, oh, this is the comeback, blah, blah, blah. Three, two, and then they'll go to game six. And they'll go to game six, and Lakers will, will finish them out because they're not the Clippers. Yeah, I agree. I definitely don't think the Lakers are going to clutch because of uh, King James. Anyways, like I said before, let's move on to the Eastern Conference. I'm kind of disappointed, not in the way, because obviously the talent level on the, in the East rather than the West is just not even close, but my goodness, it has been exciting in the Eastern Conference. It's just been overshadowed. This has been one of the best Eastern Conference series, or uh, playoff series, that we've had. I mean, the Celtics went Game 7 with the Raptors in the second round. Usually you don't see that. Um, obviously Raptors and Sixers did it last year, but nobody really watched it until Game 7 when Kawhi hit the shot. And then on the other side, you have... The Heat, who demolished the – I don't even know who they played. The Bucks. The Bucks. that's right. The Milwaukee Bucks. Obviously, Giannis injured, uh, but it's just you expect the one seed or the two seed to come out of the East, no matter who it is. And here we are with the 2-4, I believe, or 2-5. I think the Heat were the five seed. Yeah, 5-2-5. Five, five. Um, yeah, 2-5. Either way, the Heat aren't supposed to be there, quote-unquote, and yet they're up 3-1 in the series. Well, Thursday night, so they were up 1-0 on our last episode. Then they had Game 2 that night, 
Um, every single starter scored double digits in game two. And that's what you need from if you're if you're the Heat. Obviously, Jimmy's your go-to guy towards the end. Well, <laughs> you thought so, and then, um, but you're you're a team. I mean, this isn't a one-man show because Jimmy Butler's not going to take you to the to the finals by himself. So, with Bam having 21 in this game, uh, game you can two, honestly stretch it to the Heat's top six players, six players scored yeah. in double digits. When Hero coming off the bench, um, and Drogic has always been Mister Consistent. He had 25 in game two. It's just you have to have plays, players making big-time plays, even if you're not their big-time players. So right. your role players have to play well, and they they always do. They always come in clutch. Well, speaking of uh, your key players, the Celtics, Jason Tatum, 21 points, zero from two from the three. You're the superstar. You can't be t- only taking two threes, let alone not hitting a single three. Yeah, I don't care if you miss 0 for 7. You have to take at least five threes if you're Jason Tatum. I they, feel like – go just, ahead. I just don't feel like Jason Tatum has been aggressive in this series. I'm seeing a lot of people saying, you know – don't get me wrong. Jason Tatum is a bucket, but oh, I love him. He has, like, I agree with you. He has not shown up in this series. And I don't know if it's if you miss the first two shots and you're like, oh, I don't. I'm gonna take a seat back for at least a minute because I'm not hitting shots. I don't care. You got to take unless you miss the first six shots. I don't care how many you take. You're the star player of the team. You can't. I mean, obviously Kemba's out there, but he hasn't played well this entire playoffs. Twenty three points. Seven rebounds, and you hear that, and you're like, "That's oh, played well." Nine for nineteen, four from eleven for three. He's just not shooting well, and I don't know what it is. But he's not stopping shooting, and I don't mind that because you're you're the second best player on this team, depending on what order you have him in. Obviously, it's Tatum one, and you can argue about Brown and and Walker. I think it's Walker. I don't mind him shooting nine for nineteen. Keep shooting the ball, but Jason Tatum has to do the same thing. Go ahead. No, I lost my train of thought. I was about to say something, and it completely slipped. But Marcus Smart, do you think – is his shooting spree over? I don't think it's over, but I do think that for the Celtics to win, you have to have Marcus Smart playing like he did in the second round, and I don't know if you can count on that for a whole series. If you're dependent on Marcus Smart, that's a red flag. Yeah. Uh, but there was some drama in the locker room after game two. I never actually kind of researched or got into the nitty-gritty of it. I'm not even sure what happened, just some yelling. And they made a big deal about it, but in my opinion, there should have been some yelling. Yeah, you're going I mean, down 2-0, especially because that game you were up. I think it was almost 20 at halftime. Yeah, and you let the Heat come back and demolish you in the fourth quarter or third quarter, and then they made it a close game at the end. But the end of this game was just garbage time buckets. I mean, it wasn't that close as it looks. Um, the Heat really kind of ran away with it towards the end of the game. But you cannot. You have to have some type of arguing throwing of something because to blow a 20-point lead like that um, in a playoff series that you need to win and especially in a game two where you're already down 1-0 it's it's ridiculous and, and uncalled for yeah they must have been hanging out with the Clippers or something uh, but moving on game three Saturday night Celtics big win a lot of people honestly thought that the Heat were going to go up 3-0 Celtics came back big win 2-1 um, again the Miami Heat, all of the starters scored double digits. And player of the game, in my opinion, is Bam. 27.16 rebounds. Yeesh. Yeesh. <laughs> put yeesh on here. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and here's the difference is that usually you have Drogic scoring 20, Bam scoring 20, Jimmy with n- near 20. Um, Drogic with 11, which is not bad. Bam with 27.16, obviously. Jimmy with 17. Crowder with 10. Hero off the bench with 22. You look at that and you're like, oh, that's great. And it is. But they lose. But they lose. But they lose. Jason Tatum showed up. 25 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists. The that's four- what you need from him. The big thing is the 14 rebounds because you have Daniel Tice out there for most of the game, and he's, he's the one guarding Bam, and yet Bam has 16 rebounds. So Tatum has to be the one that has to step up and rebound the ball for them. 8 assists is the big key, um, and you, most of those come off of Marcus Smart shooting the ball and Jalen Brown shooting the ball. Jalen Brown with 26, 7, and 5. I mean, everybody played well for the Celtics here, and that's how it has to be if they're going to want to win this series. Yeah, you can't put it all on Jason Tatum. The entire starting lineup needs to step up. Kimba, again, 21 points. I feel like Kimba's kind of stuck in the 18 to 22-point range. Which is not bad for if you're your second guy, but you just your second guy, if you want to score 20 points, it's got to be on better shooting percentages. Right. Um, but I still don't mind him taking shots, no matter how many times he misses you just got to hit at some point well speaking of hitting shots last night off the bench Tyler Hero rookie 
37 points, 14 for 21 from the field, 5 for 10 from the three. Let's be clear. He's He may be rookie by age, but in the game, he's the most confident player out there. I don't care what you say. He will take a shot from the logo, airball it, and then take one immediately after. He did that last night. Yeah. My question is, why in the world is he not starting? I don't mind him not starting. Because, um, well, you have a starting five that's... Take Duncan Robinson out. No, you got because you want Duncan Robinson to start off hot, or else he's not going to be a factor at all. And obviously, it give him. Go it, ahead. Here's the thing: in my opinion, it doesn't matter who starts; it matters who finishes. And Tyler You're Hero right. also finished the game, but he finishes the game with the ball in his hands, and that's what you want: is your best player, whoever it is that day. Usually, it's either Jimmy or Bam or Goran Dragic, but yeah, last night it was it was Tyler Hero, and they gave him the ball every play in the fourth quarter, and that's what you want to see. And he took full advantage of it as he went off for 37, like you said, um, 14 oh. for 21 from from the field, 5 for 10 from 3. Amazing. Incredible. 50% from the 3. You hear 5 for 10, I'm like, well, he only hit half his shots. That's 50% from, three? from the that's, 3. That's insane. He had 11 points off the bench Thursday night, 22 off the bench Saturday night, and 37 off the bench last night. And everybody came to play last night as four players in double figures. Or not double figures, over 20 points. Bam, Goran Dragic, and Jimmy Butler, and Hero with all over 20 points. Their chemistry is ridiculous. It's insane. And then you still have, you know, Iguodala coming off the bench. Obviously, he's not offensive threat, but defensively. And you still got Jimmy Butler defensively, Jay Crowder. I mean, this team is built for a, a deep playoff run. It's just, can they have a star player who can take over a game at late? And I don't know if they can. We saw a glimpse of it last night. Yes, but... Give him give him a couple years. I think he'll be a superstar in the league. Though that's what I'm saying. Is you have to have, can this year be the team? And I don't know if they can be. To win the finals, one to make it, and then to compete for one. I think that they're gonna. I think they're gonna get to the finals, but I don't think there's any chance that they beat the Lakers or Nuggets. You don't think if the Nuggets somehow win the series that the Nuggets and Heat, you don't think that the Heat have a chance? Well, every team has a chance, but I don't think they'll beat them. Really? No, I disagree. We'll have to talk about that another time. Now, moving on to the Celtics stats from last night, Jason Tatum again, good numbers: twenty-eight points, nine rebounds. He shot some shots, did not hit the shots, but that didn't stop him. Four for 11 from the three, but he had zero points in the first half. So not good numbers. You cannot have zero points in a half. If I you're the superstar and, and the best player on this team in the Eastern Conference Finals and you're showing up zero points in the first half, you're not winning a game. You're also not technically the best player on the team then. If you can't score a single point in the first half, that means you didn't get to the free throw line one time because you know he's not missing two free throws in a row. So... The fact that you had 28 points in the second half is great. But you have to play like that in the first half as well. I was actually at work last night, so I didn't even get to see the first half. Were you watching the first half? I didn't watch the first half. I watched the second half. Same. same. So I got to see Tatum kind of pick it up, but I wasn't at home for the, for the first half. But I just know that I don't care how many shots you miss in the first half. You cannot score zero points if you're the best player on the team. It just can't happen. Kimbo with another 20. Like I said, he just stays in that consistent range. Brown, Jalen Brown, 21 points, 9 rebounds. Marcus Smart, 10 points. 3 for 12 from the field. Took eight threes, hit one of them. Yeah, I don't. I it's mean, over. I mean, he was the shooting, I hate to five, say it. I the believe. shooting spree is over. I don't mind it, though. I mean, he's played well this entire series, and he's shot well, at least up to this period, up to this series. So, for him to take, I mean, he's confident. That's fine. But one for eight, you can't have that. You're not going to win if you go one for eight um, from three. Is the series over? I believe it is, yeah. And I Do don't you think the Celtics will win game five? Yes. Push it to six? Push it to six, and then he will win in six. But my thing is, Gordon Hayward, people act like he's good for this team. I don't think he is. I think the Celtics play better when Gordon Hayward is either injured or Well, he not came off the, the bench floor. last night. I believe he had 14 points. And that's fine. Off the bench. But he's... He's slow. Not that he's a ball stopper, but he, he's, not he's a ball paced. stopper. He's like, as soon as he touches the ball, people just kind of watch him play one-on-one. And if he makes it, fine, but... You still use 20 seconds of the shot clock. I mean, it just it's not the way the Celtics play. Um, so I, I don't think Gordon Hayward's a good fit for them uh, long term. Not that he's going anywhere because he signed a $30 million deal two years ago. But you got to find somebody to fit the team, and he's just not it. So my, que- my last question before we take a quick break. Is the Miami Heat just dominating the Celtics, or 
did the Celtics just not show up to play? Well, they're not dominating because the Celtics usually have a lead by halftime, and they just the Celtics choke every fourth quarter, every and maybe even the second half. You can push it to. Doesn't matter if they have a lead going into the third or fourth. Don't expect it to be there because they seem to choke every time in the second half. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got a little bit more of NBA news, and then we're going to flip the switch. And like Kathy Bates says in Waterboy, we're going to talk some foosball. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Yes, I am. So every day I spend my time drinking wine, feeling fine, waiting here to find the sign. Welcome back to NBA Fuel for Thoughts. For those of you who don't know still, we are doing Facebook Live from here on out. It was a big hit um, last week, and we figured just to continue growing that we will continue to be live during our episode recordings um, on our Facebook page at NBA Fuel for Thoughts. Anyways, let's talk some more basketball real quick before we flip the script and talk some NFL football. Real quick, Giannis talk. Hasn't been much recently, like you just said, during our break, um, but I feel like this will be a normal thing for, for a little while. Yeah, until until the offseason actually hits, you won't hear much of Giannis talk or trade rumors in general. But um, I, I still don't – like I said a few weeks ago, I still don't think he's going anywhere. He'll stay in Milwaukee and ruin his life. <laughs> well, he had a he had a conversation with Milwaukee, and he said that he, he'd be interested in playing with Chris Paul. What are your thoughts? Can, that, can Chris Paul being there get the Bucks over the hump? Um, it depends on if you have to – if you give up Chris Middleton, then no, you're back in the same boat. Um, obviously, I think Chris Paul is a little bit better of a two than Chris Middleton is, but um, I you have to have at least a third guy that can play. And if your third guy is either Eric Bledsoe or Brooke Lopez, <laughs> then you're not you're not winning a championship. But if Chris Paul is there and Chris Middleton is also there, then you have a fighting chance, especially in the East. Such a weird big three. You can make it to the yeah. <laughs> Makes me kind of uncomfortable. But at least they got defense and Giannis and somewhat Chris Paul, even though he's old. He's but, old, but I tell you what, he's a leader. Do you think there's going to be any tension in the end of the game, though? Because if what if Giannis wants the ball, but but Chris Paul's going to be the ball handler? I, I don't think there's a shot that Giannis gets the ball at the end of the game. Anymore? No. After what he's shown the last two years, I don't think Chris Paul's even let him touch the ball at the end. So what you're thinking is Giannis get us there, and then Chris Paul finish it out? And I don't mind that, because Chris Paul is, is a closer until it comes to the conference finals or game sevens, then he's kind of non-existent. But that's for a different day. <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. Sorry about that. The, the WKU Wi-Fi thing keeps popping up and blocking my, my rundown here. But last but not least, before we switch to the NFL, uh, the Bulls hire Billy Donovan. Yay. I like it. He's not bad. He's not the the hair. I mean, they still need a – Honestly, am I, if you're not if you're not pop uh, – NFL coach, or excuse me, NBA coaching is not as important to me as it is in the NFL, but I do think the Bulls are in the right direction because Billy Donovan has had a pretty underappreciated career. He is much better than um, either the dude from Iowa State that they hired a couple years ago. What's his name? They've had I couldn't even remember their last their last head coach. Uh, I know who it is. I can picture him in my mind. I can't think of his name. Um, or the one they just had. Uh, he's really the best coach they've had since Tom Thibodeau back when they had Derrick Rose. But they still need a, a player that can be the number one. I don't think Zach Levine is it. Um, he's a great mm. number two, but you have to have a, you have to find a number one. And maybe Kobe White, you think could be it? I don't think so. No, 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 no. Um, so hopefully in the draft, or maybe they trade for somebody. But you have to find somebody. Well, he was two hundred and forty-three and one hundred and fifty-seven with the Thunder. He reached the playoffs every year. I think that's impressive, especially with the Thunder trying to rebuild. Um, also, he spent 19 seasons in Florida. I think that's what he's obviously uh, most known for. He was 467 and 186. Yeah, and two titles. And two titles. Back when the players stayed after winning a title. Al Horford days. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, it's a good resume, but the question is, can he do it yep. in the playoffs? And we haven't really seen that yet. The first year he was there, I believe, was KD's last year. So the year they blew the 3-1 lead. Um and then ever since then, he hasn't really had a, a good chance with a, as good of a team as he had from the beginning uh, to either make the playoffs or make a deep run in the playoffs. So, so do you think he can get the Bulls to win? Yes, but I don't 
Like I said, until they get a star, then they're they're not going anywhere, anywhere worth going, I guess. So they're going to be a six seven seed, and yet they'll be on the first round, and they'll have a bad pick, and they'll be stuck in this weird spot. So it's a great hire, but until you get some some players that have star potential or is a star, it doesn't mean anything. All right, enough's enough with NBA basketball. It's about time we hop into some NFL, some NFL football. I'm so happy, but I'm smiling. Also, I'm surprised you're not smiling. Right also, now. well, because I'm sad because oh, of yeah. what just happened this whole oh. this past week. Yeah, I'll let you take the lead on this. The so if the you team. don't, if you didn't watch uh, NFL football this week, um, the entire league seemed to have gotten hurt as half of the 49ers team seemed to just deplete um, on the turf field, and then every star you could possibly imagine. Half of them got hurt. Uh, we'll go ahead and go through them. 49ers, the, I don't know if it's the turf field or it's not even a new field. They're scared to play on it now because Nick Bosa tore his ACL. Solomon Thomas tore his ACL. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo out. Um, High sprain. High ankle out, sprain. Yeah, which is weird. It came out as four to six weeks the first time, and now it's he's questionable for next week. Um so I don't know if he's playing this week or not. Probably just not. Just high ankle sprains are so hard to you, – you just can't play with those. Um, Raheem Mostert, um, I don't remember if it was an MCL sprain or what, I but think he's it w- out. Yeah, it was a, It was. An, it was an either – I'm pretty so sure many it was injuries. MCL, but that's that's just the 49ers. Then you have, for the rest of the league, Saquon Barkley, torn ACL, out for the year. Sterling Shepard, don't know what happened to him, but he's out indefinitely. Christian McCaffrey out for a couple weeks with another ankle injury, I believe. Um, Drew Locke. Hurt his shoulder with the Pittsburgh uh, against the Pittsburgh Pirates, Pittsburgh Steelers. What, oh, what <laughs> is this baseball? Who cares about baseball? <laughs> Pittsburgh that was Steelers. Weird. That was weird. I saw Pittsburgh and it just went. Um, so he hurt his shoulder. He's out for four to six, I believe. Well, he got cracked. Oh yeah, it was. Bad. I mean, he got cracked. I mean, he's he won't be able to throw with that one for a while. Cortland Sutton out for the year after he was playing. He didn't play week one, and then he played week two, and then he got hurt, and then he kind of went back on the field, and then he just got hurt again. Um, and turns out he's out for the year with some knee injury. Um, and there's so many others. I, I, I mean, the Bengals, uh, their Hushmanzada, whatever his name is. I know that's not <laughs> it, but they're tight end. I'm so I, I'm so dumb. I mean, Hushmanzada uh, played in like 2004. I guarantee nobody out here knows, unless you're a Bengals fan, knows who got hurt for the Bengals. The tight end, who cares? He tore his ACL. I care. I mean, obviously, who cares? But. The Eagles lost Jalen Rager for six to eight weeks as Patrick has completely walked out, so now it's just me. Um, six ACL tears in one week. I know you didn't hear me, so I'm going to say it again. Six ACL tears. I think tears. it was actually seven to finish out the week. That is ridiculous. I think it was seven. Do you think – here's what I'm going to ask. Do you think it's because there was no preseason and no training – not long enough training camps? Absolutely. They had no time to get their body right. So you don't think they're – yeah, that's what I'm going to ask. They can't get their body right in time. No, I mean I think it's hands down that's what it is. You're seeing all these injuries in just the second week. It just goes to show how how much time you need to prepare your body for a 16 week NFL season. Well, I think the thing here is you see all these players that are like, oh, we want to either no preseason or a shorter preseason. I'm fine with a shorter preseason, but you have to have some at least. The whole point of the preseason, you play your starters the first quarter in a couple games, and then the last game you might play them the first half. Those first halves, you don't know how hard it is to get hit until you get hit. And practice, you cannot emulate that. I don't care how much it is. In-game hits are what prepare you for the the whole 16 regular season games. You don't have that, you're going to get injured. And that's what you see. And even most of these are non-contact injuries. Some of them were contact, and that's because Drew Locke. There, was no, there was no preseason. Yeah, I agree. I think having no preseason was an awful idea. Not just in the sense of injuries but also too it gave a team it gave teams no chance to actually feel out what they had done in the shortened offseason that's usually what preseason is about is just getting a feel of of what you're going to be doing this season if something's going to work what's not going to work so then there's no way if the preseason obviously doesn't count so you're going right into the season and you're going in blind and it's going to affect your record and at it the makes get-go. no sense i get that the whole covid thing happened but you're playing football either way so preseason or not it doesn't matter and they're like baseball didn't have a preseason, but that's because they have to end the year before the snow starts. So they have to end in October. Football, you go through the middle of the winter. There's no reason that you cannot push it back just a little bit um, and get the preseason out of there. But uh, obviously a lot of injuries, it sucks to see. But 
Here, we'll go for the, some scores here. Um, Thursday night, the Browns defeated the Bengals. Shocker. Actually, real quick, I 30. completely just lost my phone. It's because you walked I, out. It, it's right there. Oh, yeah, we're using it. As <laughs> I a, was trying to find my phone to get some upcoming games this week. I'll get those. I'll get those. I was up. like, what the heck? Anyways, continue. So the, the Bengals beat the Browns. Or the <laughs> you wish. The Browns beat the Bengals 35-30. Are you shocked? Joe Burrow did look good. I will give you that. But well, when half of our defense that we just got in free agency is hurt, no, I'm not shocked. Well, in your defense, I mean, it's we had your... we our entire D line. We had one starter, yeah. two third string and one second string. That's awesome. But if I hear a, a complaint about if we don't have Geno Atkins and yet he's the only starter missing that the first part of the game, no, that's false. I mean, the only major starter, Who's Christian Covington. Who exactly? We signed him off free agency, and he was a practice squad player that had to start. Anyways, I'm not gonna. I'm not getting into this. You ain't. Not, you're. You're such a hater on the Bengals. It's. It's hilarious to me because your team's 0 2 as well. But we'll continue. And I'm not talking to the good Cowboys about my team like you are. Cowboys awful start. Uh, what happened in that first quarter? I, I don't even know. And here's the thing: Atlanta is so good at uh, blowing leads that you could almost see this coming. But they got so far ahead that I was like, "Oh, this game's over." I turned it off. I totally thought that Atlanta had taken taken the game away and that Dak, Dak Prescott had no chance of coming back. And yet, here we are. Uh, the Cowboys win 40-39. to 39. And let me talk about this game because obviously the the comeback is great and ridiculous for the, for the Falcons and Dan Quinn should probably be fired. But the worst part about this game is that they were still up with about, I think it was like f- a minute left. And they were, the Cowboys had just scored a touchdown. So... They were down, I believe, two. two. And there's a minute left, so they have to onside kick because they don't have enough timeouts. They onside kick. It goes five yards for the first two and a half, three seconds. I felt like it was a 15-minute onside kick. Nobody from the Falcons picked it up. You just have to lay on it. You don't have to wait for the ball to go 10 yards. The, the kicking team does. How does that happen? How does your team not prepare for that? You're a professional athlete. There were three Atlanta Falcons players that just kind of like, like backed up and just waited for it to get, to reach the ten yard line, and then it was like a everybody dogpiled on the on the ball. There's there have been rule changes with the onside kick, especially this offseason. That's not nothing, one of them. But nothing has changed in terms of the offensive side. It's only the defensive side that has changed. And I'm sitting here watching it, and I'm like, uh, grab the ball. Grab the ball, grab the ball, grab the ball. What are you doing? And I'm, I, maybe it's the, the Eagles fan in me that just hates the Cowboys so much that I wanted them to lose that badly, but it was so frustrating to watch. I can't imagine being a Falcons fan. It was so frustrating to watch that game, and especially at the end when it's situational and you don't know the rules. I mean, three players could have easily jumped on that, and that would have been the game. Obviously, the Cowboys get it, and at, at that point, everybody knew they, they were going to win the game. Yeah, and I, I also— was a field goal. You got 30 45 yards to go and they easily they easily got it. I give the Cowboys points. defense a huge credit to this game because they kept them alive in the first quarter. The offense had three turnovers and they held the Falcons to two field goals. That's a game changer right there. The Falcons still scored 39 points. But I'm saying they were down 17-0 rather than tw- or what was it? 17-0 rather than 28-0. That gave the offense way way smaller of a deficit to come back in. But they still gave up Another, yes, but if they're down twenty-eight to zero, they're not coming back at all. Uh, no, if they're down twenty, because twenty-eight to three is a different conversation. Because yes, <laughs> if the Cowboys all had to do was kick a field goal, and it would be the same thing as the Patriots. So the Falcons speaking, would have blew it either way. Well, not speaking of the Patriots, but speaking of an old Patriot, Tom Brady gets his first win no longer in the Patriots gear. Congratulations, you beat the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but they just don't seem <laughs> like they're ready. Well, I think we all knew that they weren't going to be as good as everyone wanted them to be. Well, right, but here's where the game, the, the Carolina Panthers, I mean, they're they're projected to be a bottom of that division, and you barely and beat them. And McCaffrey is now out. You barely beat them. And what, when did Christian McCaffrey go out? I didn't watch the game. Uh, it was like the third quarter. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. they had about half the game with them, um, but still the second half of that game, you had plenty of chances to take over. Brady's still throwing interceptions when he's not supposed to. This just doesn't look like a Bucks team that's ready for a championship at all. Not even close. Not even playoff contenders yet. Uh, Here's the saddest part of this Sunday. So, obviously, the 49ers lost half their uh, roster, and yet the Jets still managed to lose 31-13. to 
this must be the worst run organization in the league. The Bengals have now been off the hook. The Browns now off the hook. The Jets, easily the worst run franchise and coached franchise in this in this NFL. <laughs> Thirty-one to thirteen, and yet you didn't lose that many players. I don't think the Jets lost anybody big. They didn't lose anybody. And the Forty ers half their roster depleted. <laughs> First play of the game, Raheem Mostert, eighty-yard touchdown. First play. We talked about this before the before the episode started, and it's embarrassing. It's not even like they have a bad roster. I mean, Sam Darnold, obviously not the greatest quarterback. He thought he was going to be better than he is. He hasn't progressed. Le'Veon Bell out with an injury. The rest of your offense is mostly fine. Defensively, you paid big free agents a few years ago, Avery Williamson, uh, C.J. Mosley. Mm-hmm. You now have um, C.J. Henderson yep, as a cornerback. Um, obviously you lost Jamal Adams, but clearly he wouldn't have helped this game. So what is it that, that you have to have for this Jets team to win the game? A new coach. Thank you. A new head coach. He is I don't even know how he got the job. Awful. He made Ryan Tannehill look like an awful quarterback, and now he's in Tennessee, and he looks like an above-average quarterback. I mean, Ryan Tannehill I wouldn't have picked up if he was on the street. Throw the entire coaching staff in the trash and start over. Adam Gase has got to be one of the worst, the worst head coach in the league. Worse than Marvin Lewis was. Marvin Lewis was at at the Cincinnati Bengals, but um, that's saying something. Yeah, it's saying sixteen a lot. seasons, zero playoff wins. Steelers, forty nine. Well, real quick, forty nine. I like this saying. I, obviously, I'm not going to claim this, but they won the battle, right? But lost the war. Real quick yeah. before we move on, what is the forty nine ers season shaping out to be in your opinion now? Um. Well, so I'm a I'm a betting man. If if anybody doesn't know. And I placed ten bucks on last Friday, before this the Sunday game. Um, the odds were plus twelve hundred. I guarantee it's plus twenty four hundred now. Oh well, yeah. They I'm doubling down on it. If if you don't know, I'm doubling down because if they win this one, it'd be even more. This is ridiculous that they have lost Bosa for the year. Solomon Thomas out for the year. Garoppolo for a couple of weeks, and their backup is who Brian Hoyer. I don't even yeah, know Brian. Who. Is it Brian Hoyer? I don't. I don't. He's the know. greatest backup quarterback in history. He has started. He's, been he's a backup for every single franchise. Um, and then, obviously, Raheem Mostert. But they have seven running backs, so that won't be an issue. But this team is going to look insanely different on the defensive end without. A, I mean, Nick. Bosa. Well, I mean, that's what they're known for is the, is the defense, and they've lost their entire defensive front. It's yeah. I mean, DeForest Buckner left during the year. Bosa's out, so. There goes two of your best players from last year's defense. Um, it's going to look like a completely different team. They'll still make the playoffs, but towards the end of the year, you'll see them um, give up plays on the defensive end that you didn't see last year. Uh, moving on to the Steelers, they survived the Broncos even after Drew Locke went down, I believe, the second or th- I believe it was the second, second quarter. quarter right before Jeff half-time. Driscoll came in. Jeff Driscoll played very well, which is weird to say because Cortland Sutton was out. All you had, not, I mean, all you had was Jerry Judy, but Jerry Judy and Noah Fant, who's played out of his mind this season so far. He's a baller for sure. So does this mean the Steelers are not as good as we thought? Or how good did you think they were in the beginning? That's actually a really good question. I hate the Steelers. Obviously. Um, But from what I've heard, their defense is incredible. Yes. Going into this game. One of the best. And then you hear Jeff Driscoll. Put up, How many, put up 21 points. They didn't have a single point in the first half, right? Well. Or did they have a touchdown? They might have had a touchdown. Regardless, Jeff Driscoll. Made it the game. Kept the Broncos alive. Yeah. So do you put this game defensively or offensively? Because there's no reason why. No, yeah. Do you put it in offense or defense? Um, I don't know. I mean, you score 26 points, you expect to win the game. But defensively, I don't know. The the offense didn't play that well either. I mean, we love Benny Snell, but he came out there, and it was towards the end of the game. Um, they were up by, I think, 10, and he fumbles the ball on the first run he has. Yeah. I mean, you can't have that. And then they, the Broncos come back down to score. They have a chance to win um, towards the end, and they, they fumble it. Not fumble it, but they fumble the bag, if you will. So does this game make you question the power rankings? No, I mean, are they still, still a top th- five team? I still think they are because they turn the ball over a lot. They have one of the best turnover defenses in the league, to where they they cause and force multiple turnovers. But for fantasy, it's great. But for actual game, it's 
it's uh, hit or miss because if you don't have turnovers, then you've given up deep shots, um, and you'll see it later on in the year when they play a better team. They'll get torched constantly. But another team that has been getting torched constantly is the Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings. You like that? (laughs) Kirk Cousins has to be one of the most inconsistent and yet consistently bad quarterbacks in the football league. And highest paid. One of the highest paid. I've always hated Kirk Cousins, mainly because Redskins, and he's been mediocre, and people paid him, overpaid him um, multiple times. But the Vikings look horrific. Arguably one of the worst teams in the NFL. After week two, things are liable to change. They have a good roster. Which is weird because the Colts just lost to the Jaguars last week. The Jaguars. This just goes to show how weird this offseason is because I don't even know who's good right now other than the Ravens and Chiefs. And the, oh, we'll get to the Chiefs in a minute. Actually, well, that's well, a great transition. That's a good <laughs> because the Chiefs nearly got upset by the Chargers, who were starting Justin Herbert for the first time because the trainer punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung during um, the pregame. I've seen a lot of rumors that it was intentional. What do you think? <laughs> I, I don't know if it's intentional, but Tyrod Taylor has been— You're a professional, you're a professional trainer on a medical staff for a professional franchise, and, and you puncture someone's lung? It's chest, so it was a chest— uh, needle going in the chest, but I mean, you cannot. That's that is the one spot you can't hit, <laughs> the lung. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's, obviously I don't want to say it's intentional, but Tyra Taylor has been known for being the guy who gives rookies three games before they go out there, and he gave he gives them the reins. He gave Justin Herbert one, and Justin Herbert looked amazing for yeah. a rookie in his first game against uh defending the champion champions. Yeah, in. And Patrick Mahomes. He had one pick, but obviously you can give him that pick because it's his first game. He had no preparation as a starting quarterback. And the first drive out there, he looked great. I mean, they had a touchdown, a running touchdown from. Do you think that's him coming in with emotions ready to prove himself, or do you think that this will be consistent? Um, I think it's a little bit more of the emotion side. I don't, I don't know if Justin Herbert is the guy. Uh, I've never really believed in him that much, but he does have a strong arm. He's great on the run. He's smart. The question is, can he? put it all together and become a precision passer that that doesn't make stupid turnovers like he did in Oregon. But the Chiefs, this is more of a wake-up call for the Chiefs. This was not a good game for them. It was an awful game. I don't know if it was the offense or the defense. Clearly, they don't put as much points as they usually do with 23, and Harrison Bucker had, what, nine of them? But it also shows the Chargers' defense can be legit this year. They can be, and that was without, I believe Mel- Melvin Ingram got hurt in the middle of the game. I did not see that. Um is that his name? Melvin Ingram, yeah. I, it didn't sound right. Derwin James is out for the year, obviously. So they have a somewhat depleted defense, but they played well. Played very well. Especially against the reigning Super Bowl champions and Who can easily MVP. put up 100 points a game. Uh, well, that's a stretch, but easily the best offense in the league. But Patrick Mahomes doesn't look the same. I don't know what it is. He doesn't look – he doesn't take as many deep shots as he used to. All the short routes have been kind of taken away. Travis Kelsey looks like a safety blanket that is no longer a blanket. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just one game, but that just wasn't a good performance from any side of the Chiefs except for Harrison Bucker, who <laughs> saved them twice. Tried Fi- to ice the kicker. Fifty-three yards in two in the same game, twice in the same game. Yeah, ridiculous. Best kicker in the league, other than Justin Tucker. So let's uh, real quick before we move on. Chargers pull off the upset. Yeah. What are we looking at from the Chiefs? Uh, you're looking at 2-0 and and skating by. So hopefully this week, uh, we'll get to the preview, uh, just a quick rundown of the previews later, but they have to play at a, at a healthy opponent next week, and we'll see what they look like against that team. Last thing real quick, Patriots, Cam Newton, impressive loss to the, to the Seahawks here. Do you think that they are a legit team? Yes and no. Yeah, I had a lot of doubt coming into the season for the Patriots. It was going to be a much different look offensively, but Cam Newton played very well. He had he had one pick that was just an awful throw. Yes, um, probably bit him in the butt a little bit because I think the Seahawks came down and scored. Yeah, and they, he had another one where it didn't get picked off, but it was right to yeah, yeah, the yeah. yeah I was like, Cam Newton's always been kind of he'll have you know a good game and then he'll have one of those throws. It's like. Why did you do that? Here's what I've always said, and I'll say it again. Cam Newton is the Russell Westbrook of the NFL. He is a a great 
Russell Westbrook is a great athlete in a shooter's league who doesn't know how to shoot. Cam Newton is a great athlete in the NFL league, which is a precision league, and he doesn't know how to throw the ball 10 yards. He can throw it. He's got a cannon. He can throw it 70, but it's not accurate. In an accurate league, he's not accurate. In a shooter's league, Russell Westbrook is not a shooter. So but He did seem collected. He definitely knew he knew the the offense. I, th- I like the offense from the Patriots this year. Yeah, and it's not bad, and it shows you that Bill Belichick is not trying to set Cam Newton and Tom Brady's ways in a certain offense. He is they're ad- co- completely adapted. different players. He's adapted to what Cam Newton can do, and that's run the ball. And he's done a very good job at it. What you saw um, at the end of the game, where they you thought it was an iffy play call, I thought it was great. Here's why. They ran the same play four different times in the red zone. The first time, Cam Newton got a scramble for a touchdown. The second time, they faked it and threw the ball in the end zone. The third, maybe it was three times. The third time was the end of the game. You expect not the fullback to get it this time. I expected the tight end to get a a pass. But what have we seen from the Seahawks-Patriots games? At the end of games, when you're on the two-yard line, what do you do? You don't pass the ball. Right, yeah, it happens. Super Bowl, yeah. it happens. Malcolm Butler's intercepted it. Um, and then a few years ago, I think it was two, Rob Gronkowski, yeah, they Gronk. threw a fade, yeah. fade route to the corner of the end zone, and he drops it, and they lose the game. You must run the ball. Bill Belichick knew, but he's not going to let this bite him in the butt again. And he ran it, and you got to live with the result. I mean, you have your best player running the ball behind your best O-line. You have to live with the result. And the Seahawks just came to play that, that down. Well, I think... I agree with what you're saying, but I also think the Seahawks had the exact same mindset. They, they knew did. he was running the ball. and that's So fine. then you flip the coin, can Cam Newton put it in, or can the defense stop him? And that's fine. You have to go mano a mano. Who's the best line? And at that particular play, it was the defense it got blown up bad for the, for the Seahawks. Um, real quick, Monday night, Saints stinker. They <laughs> threw up a stinker. You know, I never thought I'd say this, but Drew Brees mixed my misses Mike Thomas. Excuse me. I don't like Mike Thomas. But after this game, it's abundantly clear that it's not Drew Brees making Mike Thomas good. It's Mike Thomas. It's Mike Thomas making Drew Brees good. Well, it doesn't help that he has I mean How many checkdowns did we see? Alvin Kamara is the is one of the better running backs in the league. We know that. He doesn't have anybody else on that team that he can throw the ball to. I mean, they have no tight end that I know of. They're usually old and out of out of place. <laughs> Their best second receiver is um, Traquan Smith. Is that it? I don't. I couldn't tell you. Wait, did they pick up Emmanuel Sanders? Yes, they picked up Emmanuel. He had zero catches. That's because Drew Brees can no longer throw the ball over the top. He's just too old. He can't get it the way Emmanuel Sanders can run. So Mike Thomas is that safety blanket that you usually see at tight end, but he's a receiver, and they miss him tremendously. And the Oakland Raiders, they look like they can put up thirty points against anybody. This at year. the beginning of the game, though, when the Saints. Like that went up 10-0. Yeah. I was like, well, this is a blowout. Well, and the Raiders looked good last week. Um, they squeaked out a win against somebody. I forget who it was. Not a lesser opponent than the Saints, clearly. Well, definitely, yeah. Um, but First home game, though, in their new stadium. Look good. They look good. I will give them that. Uh, just quick power rankings. Uh, Ravens at the top spot, and then Chiefs, Packers, Steelers, Seahawks. Are you surprised to see Do the you agree? St- this is what I was talking in about. In the top five. Do, I'm not surprised to see them in the top five, but I'm shocked that they're in front of the Seahawks. I am too. I don't believe that they're better. I don't believe at all that they're better than the Seahawks. Well, they, they barely squeak by the Broncos, and the Seahawks barely squeak by the Patriots. How does that? How is that sufficient enough to put them in front of the Seahawks? That's also that's a great point. I don't think the Seahawks should be behind the Packers. I think. If you're going off, yeah, of I mean this, the Packers. Wow, you beat the Lions by twenty. Congrats. Yeah, and they started out with the Lions up, up, yeah, like ten. So my thing is, if you're going off of teams, I always go look at the quarterback. Ravens top spot. They have the best overall roster and Lamar Jackson at the helm. Chiefs, you have Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl champs. You have to put them at the top three. Seahawks, Russell Wilson is the second best, if not the best, quarterback in the league. You have to put them at three. I don't care what the defense is; it's better than the Packers. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, they deserve to be at the three. Until they're proven otherwise. Right, and they're 2-0 and right now. Obviously, they all are, but I think they're a better 2-0 and team than the others. Moving on to next week's games, real quick before we end the episode. Bengals, Eagles, obviously we don't have much time to talk about it, but these are our favorite two teams. Going on Sunday at 12, I'll be sitting down watching the game. What do you expect? Truthfully, I think the Eagles will win. I think the Bengals will drop to 0-3, and and then they'll win their first game next weekend in Cincinnati to the Jaguars. The reason being, you can say Carson Wentz, Carson that, or excuse me, Carson Wentz this, Carson Wentz that. Um, 
but you don't have to throw the ball to beat the Bengals right now. Just run it. I think Joe Burrow is going to have a, an, an exceptional game, but I don't think it'll be enough to beat the Eagles. That's funny because I'm the complete opposite. I think the Eagles will start out 0-3, and, and Joey Burrow did his first win against this depleted defense, and not that it was good anyway, but well, here's secondary. Well, the front line is all you need for to beat the Bengals. That's the problem. Our front line, Fletcher Cox might not play. Um, I think I saw today that he is playing. Oh, he, he is? I think. Well, he was. He came he out didn't the practice, game last though. week. He didn't practice. Um, and here's the thing: the defensive line for the Bengals, which you've been hyping up, no, obviously not now, not now because they're depleted. But the it's they're the exact same teams right now. Unfortunately. The Eagles' offensive line. I mean, no Lane Johnson. Jason Kelsey went out last week. Uh, Brandon Brooks out for the year. Jason Peters is 37, 38 years old. Might as well be me. <laughs> I don't understand how this this team is even playing right now. I mean, do you see Jalen Hurts this game? We saw him last game. Do you see him Playing? come in and play the rest of the game? I don't know. I don't know if we can – two quarterbacks out there. Are you saying you're taking over wins or as a receiver? Or Taking, taking over, over wins. wins. No, I don't see that. You don't see that? I've heard a lot of rumors. I don't know. I'm talking to an Eagles fan here, so I figured I'd ask you. Yeah, I don't see it. Not this week. Give okay. me a score. Um, Do you think – okay, real quick before you give me a score. Do you think score. it's going to be close? Yes. You think it's just going to be low scoring? Whoever can get the stop at the end of the game. I think Eagles will come out uh, hot and then they'll blow a lead, just like they usually do. It'll be probably fourteen zero, and then they'll come out and they'll it'll be twenty one to seventeen at the end of the game. So you think that it's going to be which offense can score instead of which defense can stop? I twenty one seventeen is a generous score because Joe Burrow three touchdown passes. Or do you think Joe Mixon gets into the end zone for the first time? Joe Burrow one touchdown pass, one rushing touch or one rushing touchdown and then um mixing with the other one hmm. so uh good game there but should be fun moving on to the game of the week probably well there's two of them you got sunday Pan- game of the week first hold on there's three of them the one at four o'clock which is cowboy seahawks right great game it's a big game i expect the seahawks to win just because of my is it in seattle here yeah. not that it matters Not right that now matter, but because there's no 12th man but it is in Seattle, so they do have the, the time difference. I'll tell you right now, the Cowboys cannot come out the way they did against the Falcons. No, they cannot. I do believe the Seahawks will win. Um, is this a is this a fashion. proof game, a proving game? Do you feel like the Seahawks have to prove themselves this year? I feel like it's more of a proving game for the for the Cowboys. You think they so? won't be taken seriously. You have to at least be close, if not win this game. Great comeback from the Falcons, but again, no one respects the Falcons right now. Right. This um, is. I think it's a big game for both teams. But go on, we're gonna, we got too. we're running out of time. Uh, next game, Packers Saints. Packers, by a lot. It, it isn't uh, New Orleans. I don't know if they're allowing fans in New Orleans. Is it limited? I know. Is the reason why I ask is because it's limited capacity in Dallas. No right. fans in Seattle. Right. I have no idea. I, we have to figure out all these fan situations. I don't. I don't know. But that is a Sunday night game. Um, I do think the Packers will win, but not by much. It's in New Orleans. Right. I think Drew Brees is going to have a big game. I think he's going to. Excuse me. I, I think he'll come out. I don't think Mike Thomas is back yet. No, he's not. I think he's out for the first four weeks. Okay. So um, are we both have the Packers? Yeah, I got the Packers. Okay. And then the game of the week, Monday Night Football, Chiefs-Ravens. Arguably the game of the century. Probably the game of the year. Easily. I mean, the Chiefs-Rams. The Chiefs Someone's got to lose. The Chiefs-Rams game on Monday night a few years ago when Jared Goff and the Rams were good. That was a game of the Two and year. 2-0. It was like 51-48, and it was ridiculously high scoring. I think this will be the opposite. Really? I think that the Ravens will, will not clamp up. I mean, it'll be like 20s. They'll both be in the mid-20s, but I don't think it'll be the high-scoring offense you see um, a few years ago from the Chiefs. It's in Baltimore. I think Baltimore does have fans this week. Okay. So I'm going to take Baltimore. I think, oh my God, of course it's the AFC North, but I think I think the Ravens are legit this year, and I think Lamar's coming out with a vengeance. I do too. I think... I think Especially after defense, what we saw last week. The defense for the Ravens um, is, is legit. And I think it'll be able to hold the Patriots to 21 to 24 points. Chiefs? Um, or, yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. The Chiefs to 21 to 24 points. And I think the Ravens will score about 30 to 31. Final score prediction, 31 to 21 Ravens. Really? Yeah. I'll say th- I'll go 34-28. All right. I think the Chiefs will get four touchdowns. I, th- I mean, obviously, I can't go against that. I mean, Chiefs, they're bound to score at some but, uh, point. But this is the game where it's going to be which defense can step up. Yeah, and I don't think – Do you think the Chiefs, Chiefs can defense. contain Lamar? No. I don't think anybody can contain Lamar at this and point. Especially not the Chiefs defense. Obviously, they're not bad, but they're, they're definitely not – they're not good at all. Um, 
But that's going to do it for this episode. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in, especially on Facebook. If you don't know, we're on Facebook Live um, probably every week from now on. Um, and go check us out at NBA Fuel for Thoughts on Facebook. We're probably going to go live around this time every Thursday, so tune in for that. Um, and we will be back next week for the rest of the conference finals, I believe. We'll be yeah. by then. And then more football talk. For that, you're listening to NBA Fuel for Thoughts, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.